Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Good afternoon and welcome to Wembley. Grayson is clear, he's got Paris with him. And it's hooked away by Edwards. Dean Peer is on for Northampton Town as a replacement for David Rennie. Hunter poised to take yet another long throw. Samson Corbin. Warburton's in there. Lee, who's won a free kick right on the edge of the penalty area. Frayne, charged down by Coates. Frayne again, and he's got it! What a marvellous goal! From John Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the FSA award-winning It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles Collins and as the 25th anniversary of the Cobblers win at Wembley in 1997 approaches, we're talking to some of the key people involved over the next few weeks. And to help me do that on this episode is my good friend Danny Brothers. How are you Danny? You okay? Hey, good. I'm good. I'm very excited, Charles. Are you? I'm very, very excited. Is, yes. Is that something to do with our special guest today? It always it is for sure, but always is. I've enjoyed this series and especially today. I'm really looking forward to it. Good. Well, today we have got another very special guest, as you know, Danny. According to the song Sixfield Boys, he only scored once in a while, but when he did score, he made sure it was memorable. We may well be talking about one of those goals today. Let's find out as we chat with the one and only Sean Parrish. How are you, Sean? You okay, mate? 
Yes, great. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on and uh, chatting uh, about that uh, sort of goal in the season, really, and uh, obviously uh, uh, finishing off with a, a successful trip to Wembley. Yeah, now I know you want to talk about that goal and we will get to it, I promise. We've set enough signed aside <laughs> for you. But I wanted to start with your career before the Cobblers, just to set the scene. So you had a really good run for Telford United, um, where you're now a member of their Hall of Fame. And then went to Doncaster for a couple of seasons, um, which we always had tight games against Doncaster when you were there. What, what did you make of the Cobblers before you signed for us? Obviously, I knew they were having sort of financial difficulties or they were struggling at the, at the sort of like just a couple of years before um, the new stadium that I obviously heard. And obviously, it was two years before, really, because when I, when I left uh, sort of Telford to go to Doncaster, the... Uh, I don't know if it was uh, lucky for me. Ian Atkins actually signed me for Doncaster, and uh, but I never got to met, meet him. I think I met him once when I actually sort of signed. Um, but in the meantime, before sort of going starting pre-season, uh, the chairman had sort of sacked him and got rid of him. So uh, my time with Ian Atkins was very brief. But I don't know if I say it was a good thing or a bad thing that two years later he actually signed me again. So uh, he must have seen something uh, in me that he quite liked. So uh, yeah, obviously when he got in contact and obviously I'd had a, a couple of years at Doncaster in the league. I had, the, I had a taste for obviously league football coming out of sort of non-league through through Telford because obviously I started off at Shrewsbury Town and went on loan to Telford and obviously I wanted to play men's football and uh, um, even in the conference back in the day, it was a good standard. It was it made me sort of learn and made me grow up as a, as a sort of man as in a way as a young boy to obviously, to obviously just sort of earning my, my trade at, uh, at the lower leagues. But Obviously, when I was in in first team football in, in that first team environment, sitting on the bus, playing cards, having a can of beer on the way home after a game at Telford, I, I wanted the taste of it. And uh, luckily enough, I got signed obviously for Doncaster through Ian. Um, but it was a, it was a great two years learning at Doncaster, um, and then obviously Ian, Ian got older me and, and obviously spoke to me two years down the line. Would you would you be interested in coming to Northampton? Was that an easy sell then in that case for Ian? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think obviously it's always nice when somebody, a manager, does like you and does sort of want you. You feel wanted. Um, so he, he say he must have seen something. I don't know what, but uh, he he sort of uh, pestered me, and he's he can obviously uh, drive a hard bargain as well. Um, and said, look, come down, have a look, and obviously then the the appeal of obviously the new stadium and and things were happening. Obviously, and we thought I just thought, hang on a minute, this could be something, just something a fresh challenge really for me, and I wasn't. I wasn't bothered by where I'd go. It was just a matter of obviously being in league football again and obviously uh, having the taste of Doncaster that, OK, then this is, might be the, the next stepping stone onto a, another career. And obviously a, a contract is staying in the game for me. Uh, money didn't... I never earned any big money. I think Ian didn't even offer me any big money. That was the that was the problem. But uh, I, w- I was happy to play for nothing because that was my dream as, as a... As a young boy, sort of growing up back in uh, in Wales in Chirk, just outside Wrexham, all I wanted to do was play football, and I would have done that for for nothing. But it was nice, obviously, to get paid for what you enjoy doing. You mentioned the stadium there, when you, and obviously mid nineties, Sixfields is actually one of the newer stadiums around. There's not as many. It was one of the first of the new builds, I guess. Is that something that separated us from other clubs? Were there other clubs interested in you, or was it mainly down to Atkins? Yeah, there, there was a couple. I know the chairman wanted me 
uh, at the time at Doncaster. He, he sort of like was forcing me down to maybe speak to Neil Warnock at Plymouth at the time. But I think that was that was only really to to stop me going to Northampton because I think he must have obviously fell out with uh, Ian at, at obviously Doncaster at the time. So um, there, there was rumours of a couple of other clubs as well, but. Uh, Mansfield, etc. But no, I wanted to go to, uh, I say, this new up and coming. Obviously, the ground obviously was a big appeal. And uh, I say, I just thought, no, it's a, I'm going to a manager who wants me. He signed me two years earlier, obviously, a brief a brief spell of about a week. And uh, I thought, well, okay, then let's uh, let's see what's got Northampton's got to offer. The first goal that you score, Sean, I don't know whether you can remember, it's in October 1996. God, I know. <laughs> was, it, was it Mansfield? I'm trying to test me now, but. <laughs> it'll be Was one. It it'll be one of those. I mean, you scored in four games out of five. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, was that a change of approach from you and Ian Atkins, or, or or did you sense that it was just coming for you as like part of your game? I thought uh, tomorrow again. I think the first few. I don't know if I was was I suspended or was I injured because I can't remember starting the season. I was. I think I was not in the team for either. A, a suspension carried over from Doncaster, maybe, or I'd had a hernia operation or something like that. So it took me a bit of time to get in the in the team, if I recall. God, but I might be, you might tell me different now. But I know, and, and Jason White always always laughs about it because I was, and I think at the time it was a forty five thousand figure fee at a tribunal as well. So uh, not the pressure was on because that's not that's not like fifty. 50 million <laughs> in this day and age, but obviously it was quite a bit of money for obviously a club who, who obviously would struggle through the, through the, through the early years or the previous years. So, you know what I mean? So I felt a little bit of pressure as well and uh, probably wasn't playing. I said, getting in the first, in the team was a, was a first sort of a challenge and then obviously performing well. And uh, I didn't seem to do really well, but Jason always says, he sort of took a couple of players on and, and squared it to me, and I think it was a, it was just a bundle ball in at Mansfield. I'm sure it's Mansfield at home, but I could be, I could be wrong. So you're going to tell me different now, aren't you? Yeah, I've got Mansfield at home. It's your first game that you played in, right? Uh, yeah. In August, your first goal against Colchester in the October. Colchester yeah. could have been Colchester then, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that I can remember now. Jason just saying, look, obviously the pressure was on. Sean, you you were a bit stressed. You were under pressure, and I just squared it. Took up a couple of players on and squared it to me. So, uh, but I can remember bundling it in now. So, uh, and I just seemed to seemed to flow from there. The confidence, obviously, the, the sort of pressure on my shoulders. It wasn't, I say, it's not a not a massive amount of money, but like I say you just want to do well. You impress the fans, a new club. The manager obviously is probably thinking, "Oh God, what have I done here?" Sort of thing. So uh, I'm sure Ian then was, was a bit relieved as well, and we seemed to then it just seemed to flow a little bit then. So uh, um, the goals I popped up with a few goals that season, and uh, it just seemed to snowball really for me that that year. Yeah, one of those goals was the the last game of this well the league season before the playoffs that secured it. That was against Scunthorpe. Well, Scunthorpe, yeah, there you yeah. go. You've got yes, one. Yes, I can remember that one. Yeah, a little bit. Of a, <laughs> A little bit of a deflection. I think the keeper probably could have done a little bit better, but uh, um, God, I think I can remember taking my top off and running down the uh, down the line as well in front of the main stands. So uh, that's not like yeah, you. Yeah, them things, <laughs> <laughs> them things do stick with it. But I can't remember. God, jump again. Tell me different as well. I got injured. I don't know if it was a was it a fractured eye socket and cheekbone against Chester as well. Oh, maybe winter time, maybe. I can remember going that I'm sure that was that season so I missed a couple of games there as well but because uh, um, I didn't play against I think the two Swansea games as well away from home 
and, and at home, I know I was, I was probably injured. So, uh, and they'd beat us both home and away that, that year as well. So they were going into the game. But I know as the, at the end of the season, we were the form team. And I can remember, I can remember saying, I had an interview that we were the, yes, they'd beat us home and away in the league, but we were the form team going into them playoffs. And we sort of didn't fear anybody for a play. So, uh, and that proved to, proved to be the case. Is there any mini celebrations then at the end of that Scunthorpe game? You've finished fourth, you've secured a playoff place, potentially doing a little bit better than people thought. Is there anything from Atkins or as you as players to think this is a good job done, let's celebrate, or is it straight down to business? After yeah, that, no, it was, it was a bit of a break. It was sort of like maybe like 10, 11 days as well between the end of the season. So the, the training, you know what I mean? You wanted it straight away in a way. I know the, I think the two semi-finals were very close together, but there seemed to be a little bit of a break in between the sort of you want to, you want to finish that last game and then get on to on to the next one. So, uh, but like I say, I think all through the season, the, the just the team spirit that that's what got us through. And Ian, again, the players will say he, he uh, sometimes he sort of rubbed people up the wrong way, and but he got the best out of players. We weren't we weren't a talented group really. But we'll we'll say others might say, no, we were, we were, we were we were good at what we had to do. And Ian organised us around. Obviously, got us in a, in a team shape, playing a, a, in a certain way. Um, and, he, and he chose them individuals and we had a good squad as well if, if people were out the team we had well, sometimes if we were not in Dean Peer, Mickey Warner there, there was teams to, there were obviously players to replace obviously Chrissy Lee Jason White all over the, all over the pitch really there was people to come in and fill some of these obviously shoes if if, if people were out the team so uh, but no he, he definitely got the best out of players and uh, it was just a, the, the team spirit off the pitch because we had a we had a few social evenings as well yeah it was the team spirit that definitely got us together and got us through because uh, at, at times God the dressing room just went okay it's an old cliche the dressing room won itself but it did there was big characters Samo Razor at the back obviously Woody God you know what I mean it was uh, it was formidable sometimes and then you had the Birmingham Mafia used to come over Clarkson, Frayne, Gale, Pierre. Um, it, it was just a good place to be. I love the fact that I know that like when, when we spoke to Ian Clarkson for the first episode of this series, like he was a little bit more uh, he kind of wanted to dispel that rumour that we were just a, a team that got successful down to the spirit of the players and the team. And he wanted to say, yes, that was definitely a factor, but at the same time, and he mentioned you as you know specifically as being one of the players that did have some skill and, and are good footballers and deserve the credit that maybe the team for that season doesn't necessarily get all the time, especially when you're looking back, sort of in hindsight. You, you, you're probably right there because again, because again, I don't, I'll never say I was the, I played a lower league, lower league football. I was a lower league footballer, but when you looked at, I say Ian and, and John who played at Birmingham at a high level. Uh, Roy Hunter, you know what I mean? There, there was some, there's some good players there. Like I say Neil Grayson, who God, I'm probably still playing now. Neil is, I don't know, you know what I mean? So uh, still scoring. It, it was just a fantastic group, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like I say, we probably did. We probably it wasn't that. And, and Ian's probably definitely right to say that. No, we were some good players, and on our day, we could mix it. Don't, don't get me wrong. You had Big John Gale, and you know what I mean, and, and obviously Razor, Sam, or people like that. And they were. We could, we could mix it. We could. Obviously, it's not, not saying people wanted to fight. We weren't we weren't fighters, but we could stand up ourselves, and that was Ian. That was that come for me in as well because he was, you know, what I mean, he, he used to get us get us going and and get us g'd up. Well, you've got because League Two football isn't all about playing pretty football. 
Um, and that, and the, but that when we did have to play, we could play, we could put on some good performances, and we did at times. We had some good games, and we could score some some good goals that year as well. So uh, now we could play, we could do a bit of both, definitely. I wanted to ask you, Sean, as well about Ian Atkins. We've heard a lot of stories about what he did. Is there anything, any favourites of yours that he did in terms of winding up the away support or the away team that he did? Because we've heard a lot of things. The couple, well, the the, the, favorite, well, the most one that sticks out for me was well, Fulham away. I think again, I've got I've got the little uh, on my phone actually with the with the fixtures. But I think we played Fulham. Was it the last or towards the end of the season? Maybe that's uh, looking. And I, I think we they got promoted. I think they won. Yeah, the yeah. Whatever. Just, so, just the one we won one 0 I think. So. Yeah, one one nil. That was yeah. Jason White, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, and he said, right, we'll go. This is what we'll do because obviously the corner of Craven Cottage. They come out and they run to the home end on the far end. He said, right, what we're going to do, line up on the halfway line. We're going to give them a bit of a sort of like a guard up on the sort of thing. But as they come in running towards us, we're going to run into their end and warm up in their end. And it was like, you what? So we're like, okay, so we're all there. So we have to obviously, because that's what the manager wants. So we're on there, get out a little bit early. And they're running towards us. It's like, it's seen like a Zulu sort of thing. They're all, all bloody... Braveheart, they're running at us, and then we turn around and run into their half and warm up. And it's like, then they sort of like stop and think, oh, What's going on here? And it was just, it was surreal, really. But them are the things that he tried to get them little just mind games, really mind games with them. I know the one that sort of backfired, he'd got sort of a sort of us to, oh, I don't think it was me, but there, there was some pictures of us looking mean. So we were all looking mean, and he got him in a in a frame. So his headshots of the players in the away dressing room, all sort of he painted the away dressing room black as well, because when they turn up, it's all cold and grey and black, so black walls, just to get into the high, into the minds of the opposition. But I think it was Lincoln who actually thought, right, they've uh, got some of the pictures off the walls, and they've sort of ripped them in half, so they've got half of John Gale's head with maybe John Frayn's mouth on and some, oh, and it was like, oh my God. So little <laughs> things like that, which you'd try and do and, and would would work, but it would work, I don't know. But uh, yeah, and then, but the, when then the sort of downside of it is if you had a bit of a way, a way defeat, it would be obviously having a drink and on the back of the bus and a bit. And then, uh, God rest his soul, Dennis Casey, who's no longer with us, he'd sort of tell Dennis they'd sit at the front and, uh, We'd pull up just outside six fields and Dennis would come literally and say, sorry, lads, uh, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, you're training Sunday. It was like, and next thing, the bus has stopped. Ian Atkins is drawn off the bus into his car and the car's shot off past, <laughs> past TGI's on his way back to Birmingham. We're like, what, what, tomorrow? And like, and that's, you know what I mean? So, uh, and so Dennis some, was the messenger. That, yeah, exactly. That, Dennis yeah. would come up there, fair, fair play to him, lads. Sorry, Gaffer just said you're in tomorrow. And like, before you know it, what, what, where was he? The next thing is that you can see his car pulling off past TGI, he's like into the wind, so uh, <laughs> into the sunset. But no, it's uh, but he was a he was a character, he was, and like I say we just look for them little bits of mind games that could could change, could well, just a little bit of advantage, really, you know what I mean? And uh, he, he would he would do some some, some things, but uh, yeah, I, I liked him, I, I liked just the, his, the way he was, and he, he knew his job, everybody knows he knew his job. Knew what he wanted, knew what he expected from him, and uh, we we all did that to it, sort of to, to a man, really. So uh, it's good. Have you taken any of his techniques into your coaching career at all? <laughs> no, not really. But I, I keep saying the game, the game's not changed in a way. It's 
It's simple, you know what I mean? And I know when we look back in the day, we, we did play three at the back. You know what I mean? Ian did, he's probably the, the, the final at Wembley. Well, you, you don't, sometimes you don't think, you know, but you, he had David Rennie, Samuel and Razor, then he had John Frayne and Clarkson. So we, we were playing three at the back and that was in 25 years ago. So when people say, oh yeah, it's three at the back. No, we, I'm not saying that Ian was way before his time, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't a mug. He, he knew the game, you know what I mean? And he knew what to knew what he wanted out of his players. He knew what the opposition would, would give you. So he'd do his homework. He had good good men around, good scouts, you know what I mean? Ken Wilson, uh, Ken Bordist. Um, so he, he was he was no 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 mug as, as such. He knew his stuff. So uh um but yeah, he's again you'd learn, I think you take bits off every every coach you've come under, you know what I mean, at times. And uh, I say it, it was just the, his personality and his his little, uh, I don't know, his, his ways, his mannerisms sometimes. I think we'd probably uh, sort of laugh behind his back sometimes of his, uh, what he'd do on the touchline manner and things like that. But uh, no, I, I, sorry, I liked him. I think we all we all had respect for him at times, yeah. Sometimes the manager, can you, you're shaking your head or you, you're huffing and puffing. But at the, at the end of the day, he's doing it for a reason to get a reaction off you or something like that. And, and he did that, you know what I mean? And he'd, he'd say something to somebody and he'd always say something to somebody else and, before you know it, he knew what he was doing. So he, he was clever, fair play. Danny, I'll let you go for this because I know you're exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've we've waited long enough. So we're up against Cardiff in the playoffs, uh, away leg first at Ninian Park. Tough place to go. Mark Cooper gets sent off against Cardiff for the second time that season, I think it was. So he's then missed, I think he actually he missed both the semi and the final, didn't he, after that? So you, usually you'd go into that situation, I think, you think, right, settle back, take the take the draw, let's get, get home. You step forward and have different ideas. <laughs> so here we go. Tell us, tell us about the goal. God, I still can't I still can't believe I did it in a way because I just I'll say at the time, I think a Cardiff players had a shot and somebody's one of our lads had blocked it. And it's just come to me and and the 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 the, the proper story, the real story is I'm thinking, well. There's nothing much on. We're down at 10 minutes time. And then I, I, I sort of looked, I think Gary was out on the left wing. I, I, I sort of looked to go and play him. The lad in front of me sort of like blocks the pass. So I sort of drag it in front of me, in front of him. Didn't have much pace at the time, but I've seemed to get away from a couple of players. And then I'm thinking, well, I can't do much more. <laughs> There's nothing else in front of me. I, I'm just going to hit it. And then obviously I've hit it well. The keeper's off his line, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's gone in. And obviously I just can't, to this day, how, how I did it and why I did it and how I did it is is a mystery. But in a way, that the story goes. Obviously, he, obviously, I'm not going to give it to Big John Gale because he's going to he's going to miscontrol it. He's going to come back to us. I've got Ian Atkins on the sideline, just going put it in the corner, boot it in the corner, Parish, just kick it in the corner, wasted time. But then you know, it, it was just it was surreal, really, at the time because I'll say it's down to ten men and we were we were under the cosh the day. Going back now to the start, the, the, the sun was out, then it was raining, the sun came out again. And like I say, then we, we lose a man, we're down to 10 men. We were, we, we rode our luck at times, but we defended well. I said, God, again, Razor, Samuel headed things, blocked things. Would he, would he come and, well, he didn't come and punch things. He'd never come and come, come and punch or go anything. So uh, he just relied on Razor and Samuel to head things away. But we stuck at it. And I say, and to get that goal, really, just for, for for being a Welshman and a North Walian as well from Wrexham, that was the the accent on the cake really. But uh, yeah, to have a one nil lead 
going into the home leg then at six fields. It wasn't it wasn't game over because again they come out and obviously they surprised as well on the I think it was the Wednesday after or whatever. It was a nice sunny sunny evening then at six fields. But uh, um, yeah, to 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 have a one 0 lead to go into it down to ten men was uh, was a bonus. You'd have, you'd have took nil nil. Definitely at the time. I can't remember when. When, when did Mark actually get sent off? Was it? It's about a few minutes time? before. It's about five six minutes before. I think. Yeah. Oh, was it right? So so yeah, we were we were hanging on and we were under the cosh. But yeah, it's just I can picture it now. And then going in, and then that was it. It was just uh, running over to the uh, the away fans and sliding on my belly and and just out of breath really because I was just knackered. It was it was it was hanging on. And it was as I say, but then you celebrate. The sun comes out, and I know the fans. Well, hopefully everybody got out, uh, got out alive. I think, <laughs> I think uh, maybe uh, minus a few car windows or bus windows, but uh, um, no, it was definitely a day to remember. And uh, I say that it just set up uh, the second leg uh, really nice. My main takeaway from that, what you just described, the goal again, is John Gale's on the left wing. What's he doing there? <laughs> Exactly. I haven't got a clue. It was like because we 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 just said why don't we go for we can four four one or whatever just down to med ten men. We'll leave Gale up there. And we'll we'll let a few balls up to him and and let him just battle for things really. But uh, yeah, it was just like I've looked up and I'm thinking, God, there's nothing there's nothing on because nothing on. nobody was there really. So I've had to just oh, and I'm not going to say it was a like a Pele moment on the escape to victory and I do this and this and this and, and go. It wasn't like that at all, but I'd like to think it was. But uh, no, it was just literally just get up the pitch and take the ball for as far as way and probably, as in, clear the, clear the goal and put in the away fans and let the away fans hold the ball for a few minutes. But uh, yeah, when it nestled in the, uh, in the, obviously in the corner, it was a, it was a great feeling and uh, that's it, one I'll never uh, forget. Yeah. Best goal of your career, do you think? Yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's got to be. I think the goal against Tottenham it was it the year after, or the um, I enjoyed that one against in Tottenham in the Carling Cup, um, and then I did score a, a playoff winning goal actually for Telford um, in two thousand and four, two thousand and five. But that was on Unibond Division One against Kendall Town. It hasn't got the same appeal, but uh, I'm just I'm just gutted that the shot at Wembley got got cleared off the line. Bloody near Larry Grayson put me a bit wide, and I scuffed the scuffed the shot actually. But uh, I think it was Christian Edwards cleared off the line at uh, at Wembley. But uh, like I say, it's uh, I let you for any take all applauders for that one. So uh, share, yeah, no, share the good. wealth, share the wealth, Sean. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you uh, do you ever? I mean, Danny's written some questions here, and one of them is, do you ever recreate them for any of the younger members of your family? What I'd love to know is, do you ever get out on the training pitch with the under-23s at Wolves and just go, yeah, lads, I've got something to show you? <laughs> no, I wish I could. I've been waiting for the total hip replacement, so uh, um, I can't do it at the minute. But I did a few years ago. We did go to the uh, the new stadium at Cardiff, and uh, we, had a, we had a sort of end of season, or friendly, or whatever, with the, I think it was under 16s at the time, and... Uh, I did have to say, look, come here, come here. And when everybody got in the dressing room, I stayed out and sort of like it was a bit of like Phoenix from the Flames moment. So, uh, but it wasn't executed in uh, in style by by all means. It wasn't identical, but uh, I had a go. But yeah, my, my first few years when uh, when you sort of like sort of said, come and have a look at this. Come, have you have you seen this on YouTube? And I show them it. So uh, yeah, but I think they've they've. Uh, they're tired of seeing it now, so I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't show them anymore. So, uh, but yeah, I wish I could. Uh, I could wish I could turn back the clock and uh, definitely uh, relive it again. Definitely. 
think we all do, to be honest with you. It would be absolutely cracking if we could have that every week. Definitely. <laughs> so you've got 10 days in between the semi-final, second leg and the final. Yeah. What are those celebrations like? How long do they last before you actually get back down to business? Yeah, no, I, I'd like to say a couple of, I think it was a couple of days just to, uh, again, that, that night, probably the next day recovering and maybe a, Again, I, I don't know if we went for a drink or a bit of a meal together as well. So, uh, but then it was literally back down to work. Really, then um, most of the time was training on the pitch. Anyway, obviously, I know the the song and the band, and uh, um, they sort of come onto the, obviously the side of the pitch. But a lot of the training was done on the pitch because obviously the pitch was obviously not needed anymore. Um, so that's where we did a lot of the training at the end of the end of the season, and uh, it just built up. Obviously, it's, obviously a nice pitch. It was getting. Again, obviously, the end of the season, so the, 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 the quality of the pitch wasn't great, but it was just nice to be there in one place and uh, the build-up where we could take our time and, like I say, build up to uh, to how, how we were going to beat Swansea. But obviously, again, going into that, was we were the form team. Like I kept saying, they'd, they'd beat us home and away, but I always thought, obviously thought going into it, we were the form team. Did you think that you maybe needed to have that couple of days of you know, celebrations and to get it out of your system almost so that you could then go back to training fresh to go for the final. Definitely, yeah, definitely. You had to refocus, you had to celebrate because you couldn't bottle it all up. You mean, you would be bursting. So uh, I said, we had, we had a couple of good good drinks and, uh, um, but then it, it was, it was back down to business because then you could refocus and say, come on then, we still haven't achieved anything because you obviously they keep saying and, my own, obviously, my time, my only time at Wembley, but it's not, it's a horrible place to lose, sort of thing. And uh, we didn't want that. And uh, to go there um, as a young boy who would watch probably every cup final since about 1980, I think, and whatever. And I'd watch it for five minutes and then I'd be in the back garden pretending I was Kenny Dalglish and Ian Rush and being one of the players who were actually playing on the final, sort of thing. So that was my dream. And uh, like I say, to, to enjoy the moment, really, to have that. Enjoy that semi-final few days, get it, have a good blowout, but then sort of refocus. And but you were still inside every day, every every night. I was going to sleep dreaming. I was going to score the winner or be involved in something because that was my dream. That was for, for me to say I could, I've played at Wembley and to be a footballer, one thing, but to play at Wembley as well to say I've actually graced the Hallow turf and uh, and experience that was it was a dream come true. So talking of cup finals. Around the time, it seemed to be quite a big thing to have a song out. I think Chelsea had a pretty good one for that 97 final. What what did the players make of Sixfield Boys? When it, when, firstly, when you first heard it. Secondly, when they when they came down to the ground to film all the, the stuff with you guys on the drums. and the Yeah, drums. I can remember Sam were doing it. Lee Colkin, we had like me, Roy and Mickey Warner had a guitar with some shades on or some glasses. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's coming, it is coming back to me now, God. But uh, no, it was good. It was just a, it's catchy. It was a local band. Where, I think it was Warehouse. Warehouse, yeah. band. Um, so it, it was just, it was, it was good. It was like the, the done thing, wasn't it? The and the Wembley suit of get, getting them off nationwide. I know we had some suits and off Mark suspenses and all that. We had some uh, shoes from the year. Uh, uh, church's shoes I think we had as well so it was we'd done it right in the club did it you know what I mean it was a big thing and to be the the hundredth year as well obviously the first ever Wembley appearance it couldn't have it couldn't have felt any 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 better really if you'd have written the script you couldn't have written any better so uh, 
Um, but yeah, the, the whole build up and the, and then the band and I said just it was a little catchy little number, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I bought the little cassette. I don't know where it is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't got a cassette player anymore. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a catchy and I said the, the lads bought into it, but uh, the atmosphere around it and that was the and that was down to again to Ian and the staff. It was a relaxed atmosphere. He wanted to be relaxed. We went down there the night before and everything just seemed to. He didn't want to be. Didn't want to be pressure, wasn't he? You were there to enjoy it, but there to enjoy it, obviously, when you won, and, and obviously, ultimately, we did that. Yeah, not not half as well, because I mean, it's probably the most memorable day in in the club's history. What's it like for you, knowing that you're a big part of of what is such a a, a big part of an entire football club's history? It's massive. It is. It's, it's okay. Folklore, history, whatever it is. John Friend scored the winning goal. You know what I mean? And and again, everybody, everybody will be John Friend Day and things like that. Years to come, and no doubt he'll he, he should get it. But it was a team effort. Yes, I played a, a little bit part of it the season, but to to, to to have how many forty six games or whatever it was over the season, and then to get to the playoffs. Yes, it'd be great to go up and to be as champions. But the next best thing is going up as, as a Wembley winner, and uh, and we did that. But to to have that, I say to if you could write any, a script any better, the 100 years of, of, of Northampton, the last minute, the last kick of the game, it, it was written in the stars for me. And uh, I say to be a part of that, to play a small part, because everybody did. They've all they've all chipped in. The lads who played five games, the lads who played 10, 15, 20 games, and 40 games, we all played our part in it. But yeah, to uh, to have that little piece of... Uh, uh, of, of sort of, sort of uh, history that obviously I scored that goal in the, in the in the semi final to potentially get us there, um, but the team got us there, and then obviously John Frame did what he did, or the referee helped John Frame probably move the ball, and you know what I mean. The rest is history, so uh, it's fantastic. Do you, do you remember what Ian said to you just before you went out? That like those last words before was it like a rousing speech or was it simple? No, I can remember the again the other. I don't know if again this is. If this is uh, well known, but he would say get get him wound up in the tunnel. You know what I mean? Obviously, you'd have big John Gale, you'd have Razor Samo. So, obviously, John Gale and Carl Heggs had a bit of a set to in the tunnel. So it's obviously probably well known, Ian. And obviously, then so you, you know I mean, God, and I'm not. I don't want to fight anybody in the tunnel. You know what I mean? But if Gailey, Gailey <laughs> wanted to, I'll be behind Gailey. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, they've had a bit of a set to, and Eggsy, Eggsy could look after himself. So Eggsy thought. I am not standing for this, which which you wouldn't, because Atkins is come on, Gailey, get into him, get into him in the tunnel. So Eggsy's obviously stepped up to him and whatever, and obviously, uh, and then obviously in the summer when we come back for pre-season, Gallegs comes to, comes to sign. <laughs> Somebody comes in the dressing room, Gailey, you know, Eggsy from Swansea, he's in the office down the bottom there, which was the which was the reception and the club shop. So John Gale, obviously as he does, goes into the club shop and then. Eggsy comes up and they have a set to in the club. The I think Janet's monitor, the, the the screen gets broken on the reception. His kit going flying. He's got a rip shirt. He's a bit of a scratch, a bit of a cry, whatever. And he goes up to talk to Ian Atkins in a, in a, in a really shirt that's half ripped with a bit of a cut. And you're thinking, and then they shake hands and they're best of buddies after. So you couldn't, you could, that's like never heard of in a way, but that's the type of things that. Not Ian wanted us to do, but he wanted us to, to get under the skin, have them little advantages, see if you can just get that little one percent advantage. And oh, it probably it probably didn't work, probably didn't because you know what I mean we score in the last minute. So 
they didn't crumble because they had some big characters in their team as well, Swansea. So, uh, yeah, Moby was a, a Liverpool legend, so hero for me, you know what I mean? And playing against him at Wembley and the God, I've seen him slide in rushing for two goals against Everton and things like that. So it's like, God, this is unreal, really, for me. But so I can't really remember what he actually said. It was just a probably just stick together, go and enjoy it. But that that sort of walk and the, the bus, the bus, we, we we went round the round Wembley a little bit longer. Where we were literally stopped at the Wembley Hilton. We could have walked to the the ground, I think. But we end, no, we were in Watford actually. But we took the bus, a bit of a tour, so we could obviously take the atmosphere in. Then you drive into the obviously the into the actual the tunnel back in the day when when Wembley the bus is there. You literally get off the bus into the dress rooms, and then you obviously you go up for the warm up, and then you come back in, and then obviously the, the obviously the, the the fireworks or the ticker tape goes off, and you you're walking out on onto Wembley to play in probably the biggest game. What will is the biggest game of my career? I, lo- I love that. I absolutely love it, and I love the fact that obviously you get to play against. Jan Mulby, who's quite clearly a, a hero and an inspiration to you. What what was that like getting to play with such a a, a legend in your eyes? Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Is that it's just kind of surreal when you when you think, God, it, it was he was the player manager at the time, and then he signed me for Kidderminster a few years later as well. So then he released me as well. So. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you couldn't have everything. But no, it was just it was just a dream. I say I, I wouldn't care who who I was playing for against. Great, it was Northampton. Great, it was Swansea and Yam played. But uh, that was my dream. That was if I if I'd have all done anything in my life, that that's my biggest achievement. And uh, I say to win and how we did it at the end with the last kick of the game, it was it was unbelievable. My family, my family there with friends in, in the stand and. Uh, yeah, a day that will never, ever, ever leave me. And uh, I don't want it to. So, uh, yeah, great memories. Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and reminiscing about that marvellous year and the other three years that you spent at Sixfields as well. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, uh, again, glad that you invited me to come on and share some memories and they were good times I say when you when you talk about them I can feel that buzz I can you can you can you can hear it like you say you can you can sometimes feel it and you can see the you can picture their moments and you can smell the dressing room even and and just their moments of a of a of a, of a team spirit and a, a team togetherness that got success by obviously being organized being disciplined Again, working hard on and off the pitch, being organised with a with a with a manager who sometimes we we disliked, but deep down we all liked him. But uh, yeah, he would uh, he would get the best out of us in in uncertain ways in 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 his manner, and uh, it was great uh, great achievement for for the team and, and for the for the town. And it was a it was a town close to my heart, and the, the obviously the club that obviously I played there for four years, and uh, it'd be nice to get back if I can make it. I'm sure I'll make it. If I can't, then it'll be it could be uh, the 50 year reunion, hopefully. So, uh, but no, thank you for inviting me on, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Sean. We'll be back with more from the class of '97 in the coming weeks, and don't forget to put your place at the anniversary event on Friday, the 20th of May, at Six Hills. You can book a place for both our forum and the hospitality beforehand, uh, with some of the club legends involved from just the fiver by getting in touch with the club or visiting the club website. We'll see you again soon. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. 
Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.